the broader picture that Harmony is in or where technology is at now for blockchain is really about the fintech revolution. Hey everyone, welcome back to Going Deep with Aaron Watson. My guest today is Stephen C. Stephen is the founder of the Harmony blockchain project. It is not only a cryptocurrency, but a internet protocol that is focused on connecting different disparate blockchain projects together to create more liquidity, faster transaction times, and lower fees for everyone involved. It's a pretty lofty goal. It is definitely technically complex and above my pay grade, frankly, Uh, but tried to make sense of it and get some wisdom, insight, perspective from Stephen in his position operating the project. Uh, If you are completely unfamiliar with how Bitcoin works, how Ethereum works, then I would hesitate to recommend continuing listening to this episode. I'd recommend either visiting past episodes of this show that we've linked in the show notes or other resources around the internet to familiarize yourself with those projects first. In my experience, most context around cryptocurrencies and blockchain start with understanding Bitcoin, follow by beginning to understand Ethereum, and then everything kind of spirals outwards from that. But once you have that context, I'm fairly confident that you will find this both valuable and insightful, and I hope that you enjoy it. Here is Stephen C. You're listening to Going Deep with Aaron Watson. All right, Stephen, thanks for coming on the podcast, man. I'm excited to be talking with you. Thank you, Aaron. Just so excited to be here. So I want to start things off. We've we've done different like crypto, Bitcoin, blockchain, different type of interviews in the past. And you are the CEO and founder of an independent blockchain project called Harmony. And Mm -hmm. to try and start things off, maybe we can just try to explain what Harmony is and where it falls in this landscape, because there's so many technologists, there's so many, you know, mm-hmm. you go to coin market cap, you can see 4,000 mm-hmm. different cryptocurrencies out there. It is exceptionally mm-hmm. hard for people like me to exactly. try keep it all straight. So where does mm-hmm. Harmony and your project fall in that ecosystem? Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you, Aaron, for actually your audience having the background, not just in technology um, and a little bit about uh, Bitcoin, but understanding what is the entrepreneurial journey uh, that bring harmony uh, of the project and why is it different from maybe some of the blockchain project that some of you may have heard before. I think it comes from the name Harmony. Right. Uh, I think it's interesting that finally um, there was many technology breakthrough that allow people to collaborate together and sub some money uh, that around an open source project. What um, I think Ethereum and Harmony come into place is now can there be a different platform that said, oh, we may have a contract uh, to do freelance and we may have a global uh, business or like um, different community that not only this community can come together, but they can build an economy out of it. I think the economic aspect is interesting because finally people can share anything online and open source contribute and come into a, uh, any like uh, WhatsApp group or um, Telegram group. What Harmony really want to emphasize is 
can there be community that can create an economy, if not wealth, together? And so is, is part of the, the presupposition then that the coordination that's enabled by a shared ledger, a trustless ledger, uh, much, much in the way that Bitcoin's trustlessness allows every transaction to occur yeah. without that intermediary, that can be yeah. applied to just more activities beyond a simple you know, transport of value for some external agreement. There's, there's the idea here that if every sort of agreement is codified, Exactly. And those um, codifications can be executed quickly because that's another another issue here is, you know, basically from a from a psychological standpoint, most yes. of the mind share to the general public is yeah. Bitcoin and then maybe Ethereum and then maybe yeah. like blockchain or crypto beyond that. Yeah. And the reality is, is that there's this um, there's this impossible trinity, right, to be mm-hmm. trustless, to be yep. secure and to be exactly. fast is very, yep. very challenging. So, so you kind of are pointed at that, correct? Right. Well, thank you, Aaron. You summarized it better than I did. Uh, but most of all, bring out some of the key topics, right? Both technical, but also like why bother, right? Why is it different? Why there has to be another system rather than just a bunch of like consortium or alliance trying to figure out why couldn't we do it on Bitcoin or Ethereum right now? I think what you mentioned about uh, they are still very active, uh, deep, probably developed to make it happen. Uh, but I think your audience would love to know why that matters. I think the amazing thing is people finally find their own community or even open source project or even just going to Kickstarter to really find a way of making it different in the world. What people couldn't figure out is, wow, it was possible 10 years ago for like 12 years ago for Bitcoin to talk about money or investment or store of value. And then Ethereum proved that it's possible to, that anything can build on it. What was not possible and why we take this route for Harmony is we're a bunch of uh, Silicon Valley engineers, infrastructure guys that said, it cannot be that expensive or slow that we're still in the dial-up era. I don't know whether you ever use a slow modem and yep. like play with like, like Windows period of time where they're getting your map ball. It was just too slow to do anything. Why would anyone do it that style compared to just going to office to take a book? It's where we are exactly at, right? It, it is okay to tell the user and say, oh, now you can create money and do your own community tokens and all that. But it's not. It's so easy to lose money. It's not secure. It's so slow. That's so painful. You would rather just like mail a check, right? If it's so slow. And then worst of all is it, it, it really doesn't work for people other than the few thousands of people that have been playing with the technology until I would say this year. And so to try to provide more clarity of where Harmony lands in the ecosystem, mm-hmm. you know, the, the different things that I'm aware of are the, the concept of like layer one, layer two, layer, mm-hmm. layer mm-hmm. three in the, in the mm-hmm. traditional analog sense. So mm-hmm. I might have mm-hmm. cash and I might mm-hmm. hand that cash to the bank mm-hmm. and then I might get a credit card somewhere else. And when I'm swiping mm-hmm. that credit card, the money isn't mm-hmm. immediately moving out of my account. Those mm-hmm. kind of transactions are reconciled later on mm-hmm. down the road out of my bank mm-hmm. account. And the credit mm-hmm. card is optimized for speed. And mm-hmm. the cash mm-hmm. is kind of optimized more towards mm-hmm. being secure cash that is relatively stable. It's fiat. The whole argument exactly. there with crypto and everything is that there's <laughs> fiat, but it is still yeah. a, a well-worn technology to use yes. a fiat-based currency. So so mm-hmm. where can, can you paint uh, maybe using that? Absolutely. 
where Harmony lands. For That's you. really, actually, it's a really great uh, hierarchy, if not an archer to think about it. Um, as a matter of fact, maybe some of your audience are more into like entrepreneurship, fundraising, if not a little bit investment. The broader picture that Harmony is in, or where technology is at now for blockchain, is really about the fintech revolution, the financial technology revolution, right? For the longest time, we can only play with like personal computing or web technological information. I think this decade, the entire decade, is exactly to what you just said, right? Different stacks, different layers of, uh, of our day-to-day life related to our economy activities, most of our financial instruments, whatever that government has been providing and only government you will trust to solve the problem. It's what you mentioned about different layers. So let me quickly touch on that. I'm not going to go into like the whole money supply, where is the money coming from and how the Fed is printing money. I think it's pretty well known by now. What where the technology is going and where how many positions, maybe you give me a good framework to put into. People understand Bitcoin by now. I hope everyone should be by now. It is really like the gold, right? Like the digital gold. You don't need to trust it. You know it's going to be there. It will be limited supply. You, you can really just uh, like, it's not going to disappear. People cannot make it up, right? In some good uh, limitation. So people consider that a store of value. That's all good. But people cannot really do anything about it, right? We cannot create new economy, talk about like different application or contract, the way that internet enabled Twitter, uh, Facebook too. So Ethereum is that, right? The second layer of allowing people, not just about me sending you a package, just like a network, you and I on the internet that can send you a package. But uh, Ethereum allow you to say, oh, now we can have email, right? Very slow, but at least we can exchange an email. What Harmony really want to be able to do is it should be allowing to do anything right now you're doing on internet, but has a value attached to it. Well, we're still very far from there, right? Otherwise you would be doing somewhat form for even your mom and pop season, right? The hardest of all is instead of doing it with banks and government, government banks will work with a blockchain, or sorry, we're in blockchain. Um, can we at that level that everyone can really use that? How many want to position at that layer or level on top of Ethereum, uh, if not on top of Bitcoin at that level, to say that, well, it will be your day-to-day life, uh, uh, not just a product, but like any other thing that you want to do with the community, people you don't need to trust, honestly, but you are transacting. And what's so challenging to kind of wrap your mind around here is that in the same way we used these layers of legacy financial rails mm-hmm. to illustrate mm-hmm. me swiping a credit card, there's also mm-hmm. layers and layers of technology that help me, you know, mm-hmm. set up this Zoom call or send yeah. my emails and, and use the G Suite within Google or mm-hmm. use Google Maps. And mm-hmm. so the, the way that I'm, I'm trying to kind of like force myself to think creatively is, mm-hmm. that, you know, the, the other analogy is the first time that they set up a web website for a newspaper it was basically mm-hmm. the front page of the newspaper turned into a website mm-hmm. there was there was like it side was. stories and the story in the middle and eventually mm-hmm. we realized that's not the optimal way to consume something in a digital format we had to kind right. of rethink it but the first step was exactly. to just take something from the old world and push it into the exactly. paradigm mm-hmm. and then we have to kind of start to learn how this changes maybe mm-hmm. the constraints or the obstructions and allows yeah. us to go in some of those different directions right yeah Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. That's great analogy. People don't remember how uh, we even do email or share information before like web, right? People actually don't remember the day, uh, day-to-day, uh, the whole day routine without a phone. 
Uh, I was right there, right? I was using like developing operating system called Linux when I was still like uh, in my high school first version. And then uh, doing web development, I was on the Google Maps team when people think, didn't even think it was possible to build such an application out on the website, right? Just click, click. You can already drag the route. That was like 12, 12, 15 years ago. I'm showing my age, right? And then the last one, the mobile, right? I have my iPhone 1 lining up for like a few years all the way to I have like 12 models um, of iPhone. That To talk about blockchain now is really early. You have to really believe that something is wrong, something you can do it differently. That... What you said about like can your day-to-day life, all the systems that you use now can just be slapped on blockchain? I would say yes, but not today, right? People ask, can all these like AI data privacy and disrupting all the big companies be possible now on blockchain? I would say yes, again, not now. But there are people that are trying. There are really there appear of time the last few years that there are tens of millions of dollars pouring that space that is really not for the lack of uh, ambition, passion, or the attempts. But the amazing thing is um, there are really builders still left um, that keep going. And uh, it has been exciting the last few months. So I want to talk a little bit about the start, and then we can kind of catch up to, to mm-hmm. where things stand in the present. Sure, um, sure. Because a- another thing that we've explored a lot on this show are these basic mm-hmm. kind of two one much very well-worn and one relatively well-worn paths of entrepreneurship. The one's the most common, mm-hmm. you bootstrap a company, you find something mm-hmm. to sell, you sell mm-hmm. it, you keep doing that at a greater and greater scale and you grow from yeah. a you know one person shop into a hundred uh, person company. Then mm-hmm. there's the model of the kind of traditional VC, which is you mm-hmm. go in and you have an idea. Maybe you have a concept for technology. This is something that you've done in the past. Mm-hmm. You get a seed mm-hmm. investment. You start to develop mm-hmm. that project. And you're mm-hmm. hopefully on this like hockey stick, stick type of ladder yeah. Yeah. where you, you grow super fast and you get a big series A and a series B and some form of an exit via an acquisition or yeah. an initial public offering. These cryptocurrencies, these blockchain-based projects don't really yeah. work in the same way. And they're tied into... Yeah the open source software movement and they're tied into these kind of very, uh, you know, digitally native communities type of framework. But can you kind of paint more of a picture of your story, which was you sold a company to Apple, you decided to to leave that position and start this thing and what you needed at the beginning in order to get any sort of momentum. Yeah, thank thank you, Aaron, again for like really still talking about what the overall structure that people can still get on the startup journey and actually knowing what's ahead of them and what is possible now. Um, I think the story of any entrepreneur really mapped back to what we just said, right? It was so different 10 years ago for web and mobile. And now even for entrepreneurship, it's very different, right? As we know, Kickstarter and all kinds of online platforms for uh, freelancer are quite possible now, right? Whether you have a project, a hardware to ship, or you just want to get like uh, people to pay you monthly, even though you don't get to know each other, share community vision. And I would say the core of entrepreneurship, at least technology uh, entrepreneurship in Silicon Valley has also been quite disrupted as well because of blockchain, because of technology. Uh, so just backtrack a little bit. Uh, I, when I finished my PhD, I went to uh, Google Maps to work and then I came to Silicon Valley to do my first startup. Right? At that time, I was very new to Silicon Valley to know like what are the VC and all that. I remember very glad I went through that round. I, we raised more than a million and then we sold to Apple for good result. Uh, but then uh, both AI and blockchain really changed my perspective. Do I want to repeat the same thing? Right. If you have to write a website again or do a new podcast again, actually, 
completely different paradigm of tools you can use. It's what uh, uh, blockchain allows us to do it. So we quickly raised 80 million within a few weeks. It's not because of the easy of the money. It's because now that you don't need to be so focused on just regional and of uh, product that have certain traction for certain VC. As said, uh, lots of people failed after getting a few tens of millions. Um, we were just so a little bit quite hardcore of just like having the builder mentalities. What you said, like, are there still users? Even though you build it, it's still a true question, right? You don't need to ask revenue. You don't need to show the chart, but you still need to keep in mind that it's not just about the dream, but the product that make impacts in people's life. So for us, uh, we quickly go on that journey to raise it on blockchain about money, but also build a community around it. And I think that's special. Most uh, product or like uh, startup, they don't even talk to the customer until, I don't know, six months or one year later. They don't even feel accountable to public until public five, seven years later. And blockchain uh, kind of compressed all that into more a year or two time. And so would you call that an initial coin offering or is that not how you would mm-hmm. explain it? It was. Uh, so we have to, we have to figure out, uh, so there are two ways to think about it. Right? One is like, what does an IPO look like? after five, seven years. Usually you have to, you only figure out when you're five, seven years into the journey. So you have to kind of figure that out in the first five, if not five weeks or five months. So we figured that they call it the token economics, meaning all your community investors, uh, your customers, how they will use this currency or these tokens is what people call it the initial coin offering of the tokens, right? Tokens is just mean uh, exchange of your share if you know uh, setting up of your C corporate structure. The other thing that we did is once we figured it out, we still want to give it to the public. Yeah. And that's a really important idea there because mm. there's like this I, this risk or default to go, it's paradigm mm. shifting, everything is different. It's definitely <laughs> different. But at the same time, this idea that you might need to determine the economics of your project right. at the very earliest stages it's exactly. somewhat different, but at the same time, you start a, you have a startup and you say, okay, yeah. we're going to have a uh, four-year vesting period yeah. with a one-year yeah. cliff for anyone yeah. that joins our company so you know all that. In, yeah. in order to have um, equity in this project that we're building together. Exactly. So really, this is just more variability in the model, more creativity exactly. for how that might be formed and where the kind of initial investment might come from and how people get a piece of it. But it's yep. not really that different in the sense of like, yeah. startups have always worked by finding an economic model that gets everyone together exactly. working on the project at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Aaron, actually you, you, you are really good at making analogies. And I think that's what people miss, think I'm right? <laughs> I, I love it because like it helped me to tie on your framework. I just knew some details, like some color to it. Yeah. What happened is it's exactly the same thing, right? It's a, exactly the same IPO, your customer acquisition strategy, but now you put an incentive to it. It's just only the technology have changed. Just like having a website for newspaper allow you to publish by minutes instead of like one week later or next day, but once the moment it goes out, everything still still to check out. You still need to track. You still need to have the distribution. There's nothing that allows you to get around by how to do share and distribution. So coming back to blockchain is the same thing. Uh, the money flow really fast. I'm talking about seconds. Right? They are like uh, two years ago. They are like like uh, 50 million get sold in minutes. Like insane. So the time scale changed because of the technology. But what you said about the structure 
of an economy, of a product, of a company really haven't changed, but just compressed. And so can you talk from like a community standpoint about the incentivization of developers? Because the traditional model is, man, we have to figure out how much equity we're going to give this developer to go on. Is it one? Is it three? Is it five? Is it 10%? Whatever. And, you know, that's that's the asset in order to get this thing built in the early right. stages. But now it could be something where maybe I'm full time. Maybe it's maybe it's one of your old and I may, maybe right. I can't say this, but one of your old colleagues at a Google or an Apple or something like that who's really right, technically right. sophisticated, kind of yeah. can put in their forty hours a week and wants to have some sort of project on the side. And maybe it's right, only right. ten hours of contribution. But there's it a is. model where that works. Yeah, um, I think that's another fundamental shift in this last year, if not this decade, that I also see. The fintech revolution only because technology is changing, but humans' behavior and humans' uh, job engagement is completely different. The last few years already, and last year just pushed it all over over the edge of remote. Right, uh, so I can talk a little bit about what, how many think about it, but I also can say how blockchain really enable different. Uh, level of freelancing, uh, if not even open source. So I, I, I'm happy to uh, cover both. But let me be a little bit more specific. Probably you know about freelance, podcast, building audience better than uh, anyone, for sure. Than me. But, the, but the open source and technology is also very, very unique and way more crazier than what I knew three years ago when I started. It's a foreign. We know that open source is really where uh, the future research, human creativity uh, come in, right? Everyone just contributes. What people couldn't figure out is just incentives, right? If every open source, like how much do I get? Many open source project dies because of it. Community couldn't stay together. One vision, incentives doesn't make sense. No money there. The flip side of the coin is, even though you figure it out, people can just copy it, right? Just like podcasts, people actually do better as a curator or distributor rather than the one actually doing the hard work of putting a content. And for us, a technology together or some code so in open source, or in particular for uh, blockchain project, the hardest thing, they call it the forking of a community or a project. Um, it just means that I copy it exactly the same. You, you, you put it out, I copy it. There's nothing wrong because we learn from the one before us as well and we copy it just as much. But how to keep the value of the community and keep the incentives, um, I would say it's actually still experimenting like as we talk about at the 100 million scale in the time frame of a few weeks. So what, if you catch anything about decentralized finance, DeFi last year, that's exactly what happened. People just exactly copy it. But let me just boil down, bring it back to from the excitement to talk about what are the broader picture. This is really where things are going. All research, all source code development, all technical development, uh, all digital economy are very clonable, copyable. So I think it's actually normal. What they, what people never have is that level of capital injection to make all the experiment worthwhile. I think back to your point, can, my, uh, can I attract my colleagues at Google and Apple to come out to work on some new thing, crazy risk giving is what uh, this whole economy enabled uh, many people to try the last three years. And so in terms of like your role, once again, as like the CEO of this project, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How is your, like, how is your blending of responsibilities? Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. back to like old paradigms, you, you got to yeah. have sales, you got to have product, yep. you got to have yep. some customer support. Yep. And yep. to some degree, you need to be driving the technical growth of the project. Yep. You need to be yep. recruiting talent to be a part of the yep. project. But then you mm -hmm. also need to be pitching this as a salesperson mm -hmm. 
to yeah. the potential, the people that aren't going to be building or acting. They're just yeah. investors trying to speculate and make a return. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of pitching, let me pitch that anyone interested in technical or marketing for Harmony, please come join us. It is true. I mean, I used to be an academic researcher, but now it is every day telling about the mission to people that want to join. And I'm not sure whether you touch on one hard uh, dilemma is we are, I call myself founder rather than just, just more thinking about CEO role that started this project, right? At the end of the day, this should be a community project. It should be an open project. Anyone can contribute, but also take the ownership going forward. It's even harder, right? I can point in my time. I've done it before. I've done one startup there. I know that it really just hands on everything as an entrepreneur. But what is difficult now is it's like you have like, you have a hundred of your uh, podcast partners to do this project together and you want each of them to drive and in the future, sustainable. I think that's the hard word. It's sustainable economy. It is at the same time though, so interesting. It's, it's an insight into human behavior that both yeah. of these trustless, huge community, yeah. widely known projects both yeah. uh, Ethereum and Bitcoin, they both yeah, have yeah. like a figurehead, right? Satoshi Nakamoto, out, an yeah. unknown character, yeah. is the figurehead yeah. of Bitcoin. Vitalik yes. Buterin is the, the figurehead yeah. of Ethereum. So yeah. there yeah. is this like weird tension where you want to stimulate community, but at the same yeah. time, there's probably a human default to like, who's it the is. guy? Like we just had an inauguration here, like who's the guy or the gal? Exactly, exactly. I think it is for sure, like whether the white paper, the vision is so good that everyone just follow even the same vision. Or Vitalik, right? He's young, he's smart, he's still in it every day and his tweet is insane, right? Uh, I think not only about having the right vision, if not a visionary leader, but whether it's the anonymous, pseudo-anonymous, or just completely public, it's also the biggest challenge right now, right? The more uh, involved you are hands-on and even doing the dirty like, day-to-day work, the more harder to be sustainable when it's without you, right? And the same thing with anonymous and uh, public, right? Uh, there are actually quite a few successful projects being uh, pseudo-anonymous or completely anonymous, but the trust will be so much higher, right? And there are really bad uh, actors in this space. But I think back to the point about like public company only invented, what, 200, 300 years ago, right? The point was, it's not about the founder that make all the decisions for the next 10, uh, if you that case from here, I think it still makes sense. Absolutely. Um, yeah. so, so talk a little bit about like what you guys have been rolling out and working on lately. I know that yeah. interoperability is like one of the yeah. buzzwords. I, I don't quite completely understand what that means, but like, sure. tell me a little bit more about what you guys are of course. building. Yeah, that's why we're here. And I think that's where uh, you didn't miss any goal. The price is not too high yet. And this is still a good time to build. And uh, I would love to tell you more like, like we, you can easily learn what happened in the last uh, two or three years, if not 10. But what is exciting this two, three months, if not this year, maybe you would jump to this ship, maybe you'll learn something that connect back to um, uh, the uh, uh, like other way of doing like, uh, entrepreneurship for your audience. I think blockchain is only a compressed uh, landscape of like, what is possible in general technology. We call it the interoperable. I think it's really the end game of what open system or blockchain really aim to be. So they are finally, not just Ethereum, but multiple network, finally have a product, not just talking about like the token economies or like their vision that came online just last year. I'm talking about the last six months, right? Funny enough is they all talk in their own way. The community is in some way competing in somewhat uh, uh, like uh, don't work with each other. 
but the broader vision to harmony, again, back to the name, is we can all work together. If we don't even get a few blockchain to work together, what are the chances to get other communities, other, I don't know, government and, and uh, banks to work together, right? It's why, finally that it makes sense now that Bitcoin should talk to um, Ethereum and Ethereum should be able to connect to different networks if the user choose to, to work on any applications. We call it interoperable because it is still very hard. You need to go to something called centralized exchange, uh, Binance, Coinbase, to do anything. That is great for like protecting users, getting them like, educated, all good. But at the end of the day, the choices of another system allow you to easily move any of the application, most of all your data, your money. Google is not bad. I mean, I worked there before. Apple is not bad, but you want the choices. And it's only possible if it's interoperable, right? Just like back in the time, you can port your phone number to any other network. Here's, here's another metaphor, might be appropriate, might not be. Oh, uh, please. We use, we use Zapier, right? So we have Zapier yep. and yeah. we have, you know, this document management system and this invoicing system and this project management system. Yes. And they don't have a natural symbiosis, but they all yep. have public facing APIs that you, that Zapier, not you, Zapier allows yep. you to yep. make, relate to one another. And yeah. I created this document. So create this action over here on this software and save yep. myself some time. Is this, yeah. is that, is Zapier more the current exchanges and you're trying to replace them or you're trying to be the Zapier for people to use? Yeah, it, it, it is exactly that analogy. Uh, the whole idea of actually blockchain itself should be about that. Even a few years ago, people are still debating, just like Facebook, they debate whether they have an API that should open up or not open up. Blockchain actually debate for a long time, it should be permissioned or permissionless, right? So what you said about Zapier is the best analogy, right? Everyone wants Zapier but they couldn't figure out how much to open up, how much to limit it, how much to capture the value per API, right? So Zapier is a great analogy because uh, it forces everyone to see that by opening up, you actually capture far more value, far more users, far more usage, right? So we are also playing that role to be the Zapier, but anyone can be the Zapier because now the API and the schemes and the incentives are clearly defined. Okay, I, I think I'm I think I'm starting to get it, Stephen. I appreciate you. Uh, it's really good. Like you really catch on. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate you answering all my questions. Um, I want to ask our standard last two questions here but sure. before we get to that. Anything yeah. else that you were hoping to share today that I just didn't give you the chance to? Yeah, I do. I do think that uh, it is not about the token price or token promise. People finally know that. Uh, of course, it has to be there. Yeah, I think the the broader message. I really felt like that. Uh, the future can be very optimistic. If you see the change of technology and if you see some of the brightest minds that work on this problem. And this problem is not particular. We are not just trying to figure out how to make something go faster and call it done, right? We actually think it's quite fundamental that we can control our own uh, economic health. A community should be having its own say how to form and how to create wealth together. I think that's a broader message. Take that, and I, I hope yeah. that uh, it comes to fruition very soon. Uh, yeah, for folks thanks. that want to follow along uh, and just kind of see what you guys are up to, get involved in some way, shape, or form. What digital yeah. coordinates do you want us to point people towards? Yeah, please follow me on Twitter. I promise my team and the community that I will be more not just about talking ourselves, but like the broader picture. And I have a really, really short Twitter account, so you cannot miss it. It's just S, and then T S E. 
So I joined Twitter a long time ago, as you mentioned. So my name is Stephen. My last name is T-S-E. So get me on Twitter. Our website is called harmony.one, H-A-R-M-O-N-Y dot O-N-E. So we, we really like the branding. Uh, so check out uh, some of the technical stuff, but like subscribe on newsletter. We usually like bring a little bit more industry insight, not just talking about like a particular technology. Right on. Uh, we're going to link that all in the show notes for this episode. You oh, can find you. it in the podcast link or in the description behind the video, wherever you're listening to this right cool. now. Um, mm-hmm. Also at goingdeepwithaaron.com slash podcast for every single episode of the show. But before we yeah. let you go, Stephen, uh, I want to give you the mic cool. one final time to issue yeah. an actionable personal challenge for the audience. Oh, yeah? Personal challenge, huh? I think many of us have like uh, New Year resolution. But I would like to add one that uh, really kept me uh, going for the last few years. It, in some way, it changed me. I used to be a CTO researcher, but one thing really forced me to be a little bit more about like broader message that I sent out is writing a monthly newsletter. Uh, not everyone would do it. Uh, as a matter of fact, that's what my first VC told me to do. Doesn't matter what you do, just tell us what up to. So even for the audience that are not entrepreneur or having VC to be accounted for, and even socially, just socially, like people are exactly. used to, once, once again, exactly. the old paradigm versus the new yeah. paradigm, you yeah. send the Christmas card once a year because that's what yeah. was affordable to like print and yeah. send to everyone. Yeah. And in this type of environment, you can kind of do quarterly or monthly or whatever type of update. Yeah. Yeah. I would say challenge yourself to do it. Maybe it could be easy. Some the audience must not be like just uh, be monthly accountable. By the end of uh, the quarter, which is like before April 1st, write a letter to 10 people that maybe a few pages, six pages. Amazon style because uh, it really impacts me. The first time I received such a uh, letter from my last co-founder, but also I will feel that really changed the way I communicate. Beautiful. Stephen, I love the challenge and I appreciate you spending so much time with us today. Thanks for teaching us about- Aaron, you will send me one, right? Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. We just went deep with Stephen C. Hope out there has a fantastic day. Thank you so much, Aaron. Love you guys. Thank you. Love to be here again. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the end of my interview with Steven. If you enjoyed this, then make sure that you've listened to all of our past interviews with other blockchain innovators and entrepreneurs from Joe Lubin and Roger Veer talking about Ethereum and Bitcoin back in 2016 to Pomp talking about the 2020 pandemic, financial crisis, and other associated issues. It's all here on Going Deep and we'll have many other great interviews very soon. Thanks for listening. Connect with Aaron on Twitter and Instagram at AaronWatson59.